get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can hear Mike Claiborne's great work on Cardinal Broadcasts on the Cardinals Radio Network and on KMOX. You can also hear... And see Mike Claiborne's great work at ClavesOnline.com. And you can hear Michael with us every Tuesday morning here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN, one of our best friends in life and uh, certainly one of our favorites on the radio and on the Internet. Claves, how are you doing this morning? I am uh, doing well. You know, I'm just trying to deal with the heat, but, you know, it's August, so and there's no reason for me to look for a sweater today, but you know, all, else, all else is good. Claves, I'll tell you what, Sunday was one of the hottest days of my life. And I know that I'm older now, and so the heat affects me in a different way. But it's also hotter now than it was when I was a kid. And I used to not find heat unbearable. I found Sunday unbearable. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I know when I was a kid, I don't ever remember it being this hot, or maybe I was just too busy, you know, having fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I like the heat. You know, give me, I'd rather sweat than have on five sweaters and not feel my toes. Oh, no question. No doubt about it. No. So uh, I'm a little different on that front. I, you know, as long as I have uh, a pool or water or an air conditioner, I, you know, I, I create balance when it comes to this time of the year. I remember one time Bob Sykes told me that he would, uh, and this was on the turf, he would look back at the scoreboard and he'd see three of everything, like three three B, three S's, and, uh, you know, three outs. And he said, I just picked out the middle one. And same thing when you're looking at the catcher, right? You see, you see th- th- three So you just got to pick out the middle one. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the thing, like, people like scoff at athletes getting paid, you know, exorbitant amounts of money. But it's days like now is why they get paid that kind of money and I don't, okay? Because, <laughs> I mean, everybody wouldn't go out and do it. I guess if I was making 10, 12, 20 million bucks, I could probably find a way. <laughs> but but this, is, this is what the elements, you know, this is the elements that challenge people to, to be able to still go out and turn in a professional performance. Uh, Drew Rom with not, I, I don't know how to put this lightly, I guess kind of lightly, with not exactly the ideal Major League debut for him last night. What did you think of his performance, and where do you think they go from here with him? Well, you know, first of all, you think about the first inning. You know, I mean, he didn't get much help in the first inning, you know, with the, the unearned runs. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's a guy who's trying to figure it out. I mean, he's, what, 23 uh, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of got called up in an emergency basis. And, you know, that that's what happens. Uh, you know, he, he got it handed to him. But, you know, I didn't think he was that bad. I just think he was probably maybe a little nervous, kept the ball in the middle of the play a little too much. I mean, he's not going to overpower. You could tell by that. But, uh, you know, the, the problem is, Brooke, they don't have anybody else. I mean, they're, they're razor thin with regard to major league ready pitching. And I'm not saying Drew Rahm is major league ready. I mean, he had a major league uniform on last night, but, you know, I'm sure he would like to be better than what the performance showed. But, you know, it's not like they have somebody else, you know, chomping at the bit, waiting in the wings to come up and be a Cardinal. 
Claves, we were talking about this earlier, kind of kicking this around. Do you think there's a chance that the Cardinals have three catchers on the roster next year, one of those catchers, Wilson Contreras, being your pretty much everyday DH? Boy, you know what, Kerry, I, I would like that scenario. Um, I think if you ask around, you know, here's the deal. If Andrew Kisner had played as well this year as he did last year, Wilson Contreras might not be here. Yeah, right? Last year, this issue, right, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, you know, if, if Kisner showed, if he would have shown anything of what we're seeing now last year, we don't have a whole different dynamic. And the fact that Herrera has shown more this year than he did last year, I, I'm a firm believer that Wilson Contreras would be playing elsewhere uh, because I think they would have gotten just enough out of their catching position, whereas it wasn't going to be an automatic out. Uh, both of those guys seem like they're handling pitchers much better than what they did last year. And, uh, you know, but to answer to your question, I think the question has got to be posed. And I know Wilson Contreras, you know, uh, there, there was some discussion earlier about him going to the outfield and DHing. I think they have to go back and revisit that uh, because you want to make sure your resources are, you know, really invested in pitching, pitching, and more pitching. And when you look at, we talk about starting pitching, listen, I think that bullpen. I think you might want to tear that thing down and start with a couple of guys and then build on top of that. I, I think the bullpen is, is in dire need of repair as well as your starting pitching. Do you think what you're seeing from Kisner is sustainable? These are the best numbers he's had in his career. I mean, 10 home runs, 25, 28 RBIs, 809 OPS. Do you think that, that that is sustainable going into next year and, and going forward? Well, you know, I think he would probably be the incumbent, Terry, but, you know, I think there's enough catching to go around between he and Herrera. You know, they, I don't need Kisner to play 140 games. You know, maybe he plays 110 and Herrera gets some more starts. Uh, and then maybe you find guys who catch certain pitchers better than others. Uh, I think there's a lot of different scenarios where there is enough innings to go around between those two guys. Now, you throw Contreras in the mix, maybe he gets behind the plate, you know, every now and then. But, you know, I think that that's something they got to take a long, hard look at and have some very frank discussion uh, with, with Contreras as well in going into the offseason. And, you know, if he doesn't like it, he's going to say, well, I want to be traded. Okay, well, let's see what we can get. Hmm. Claims, how do you think Arenado and Goldie are handling this uh, retooling, I guess is the word the Cardinals are using down the stretch here in 2023? I think they're handling it like real professionals because I, I felt, or I think they felt, that after talking to Mo in the off season and kind of laying out the game plan, it, it sounded like a reasonable game plan. Okay, uh, we're going to bring in some catching help. We thought, well, they thought Contreras was going to be good. Uh, you know, you felt like some of the pitchers had turned the corner. They didn't, and uh, you know, you, you got sloppy in some areas. You had some injuries. You, you had some people you were counting on to to contribute that didn't. And here you are. I mean, it's one of those things, and I've said it before, I never saw it coming in this manner. I I felt like you may have had enough, but it really dawned on me the other night we were doing a game and Jose uh, Quintana was pitching for the Mets. Now, granted, he's been injured most of the year, but the problem was the Cardinals never replaced him in the rotation. No one came close to what Quintana did for the Cardinals last year, let alone this year. I mean, I know he's only got one victory. But he's kept the Mets in virtually every game. We, we, he, we, the Cardinals never replaced him, and that was the beginning of your problems. Throwing your bullpen, 
and, and, and closers who can't close more than once a week, and then you have injuries and this and that, and, you know, it was a perfect storm. Clave, speaking of the bullpen, uh, we're still waiting on some more updates on Ryan Helsley as he gets another round of tests and he's being evaluate, evaluated. Where do you think that they go from here with Ryan Helsley? And how much do you think that if he does need some sort of surgery, that could affect how they approach this offseason? Well, regardless of whether Helsley needs surgery or not, they're going to go out and look for some more help closing-wise in the bullpen. You know, JoJo Romero has done a nice job recently. Uh, but I still think he needs some experience out there. Um, the Helsley thing, it's, it's really up in the air because, you know, you really can't count on him. I mean, this is like the second year of his three years with the Cardinals that he's had some injury that has slowed him down. And the first one, he had to have surgery, and he was done for the year. And this, we just don't know. I mean, it's just it's, it's a crapshoot right now. But I, I'm not pinning my hopes on making Ryan Helsley my number one guy of the bullpen. I can't, can't risk it. Uh, you you got to have some more reliable people. Claves, I'm looking at uh, Genesis Cabrera, Genesis Cabrera and what he's done since he was traded. Do you look at some of these people, some of the people that were traded, and, and wonder why the Cardinals couldn't get that out of them when they were on the roster? Um, yes and no. You know, some guys need a change of scenery. Some guys want a de- more defined role. And I think Cabrera is one of those guys. I mean, his stuff is good, all right? But, you know, when he was put in some high-leverage situations, he couldn't get it done. And, you know, maybe it, there's a different philosophy in, philosophy in Toronto. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's just a different role that he has that he felt he could have had here. And let's face it, he was given the opportunity, all right? He couldn't make this team out of spring training. Okay, so once he got called up, he was good for a few outings, and then things started to get haywire, and then the walks came around, the lack of control. He fell in love with a certain pitch too much, and teams were sitting on it. You know, so there were just a lot of things that were going wrong, but that doesn't mean he's not in a position to be a very good pitcher for somebody. It just wasn't his time for the Cardinals. Claves, I know you talked to Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic every week at Claves Online, and you had an, a recent interview with uh, Alonzo Bird, one of our favorites. Uh, and we've been out at the uh, the Ascension the last couple of years. It really is very similar to a regular tour event. I, I hope fans that haven't been sports fans that haven't been out to an Ascension get out there because it's a big time event. Yeah, it, it really is, and you know, I, I think it's more fun for for a lot of reasons. One is that one of the great courses in St. Louis, Norwood Hills. Um, The other thing is this. The players that are on the tour, on this tour, we all know who they are. I mean, you know, the PGA Tour is a good tour. I don't think it's great because, you know, there's so many new faces on it, and they're all trying to find their way. But on this Champions Tour, everybody you know, you've seen them play before. They were good players when they were under 50. They become good players since they passed the age of 50. And uh, I, I just think it's a lot of fun. I, I, I think that for people to go out and check it out, uh, you, you're going to get very close. And I think when you look at sports, this is as close as you can get to an athlete performing his art, performing his skill. I mean, you can't sit that close at a football game. You can't sit that close at a baseball game. You can actually ha- – there's a rope that separates you and that player from being able to be that close to him to watch him play and learn the game. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, I, I think one of the issues with the, the Champions Tour, I can learn more from the Champions Tour and the Women's Tour than I can learn from the PGA Tour to apply to my own game. Okay, first of all, I learned that I learned 
from those guys, which enter the club to hold. Okay. And then the other thing is I don't have to worry about trying to hit it, you know, with such, with, with such speed. It's all about easy pace and you still find the ball in the middle of the fairway. So uh, I've, I found this event to be very rewarding for me as a golfer but also as a fan to watch some of these guys just really golf their balls. Wait, you're, you're allowed to get, have the ball right in the middle of the fairway? Well, you know, that's what they tell me. At least that's, <laughs> that was the rules the last time I was out. Now, I've, they may have changed it. I've because never I know had when that. I did hit them in the fairway, they kind of looked at me like, are you sure you're supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> what do we got on Claims Online right now? Well, this week, you know, how about this? So Joe Roderick, you know, with Amron, Illinois, they, we have Joe Roderick doing some pole work, you know, climbing the pole. He's got all the equipment on the whole nine yards. He went up with a linesman just to show how this actually works. So we have that little feature. Uh, we also have Dr. Rick Lehman in, in another great sports medicine podcast, A Walk in the Fairway with uh, Nick Ragone comes your way on Thursday, along with Good Nightingale, Bob Nightingale. We just kind of cover the gamut of baseball. And coming up soon, huddle up with Howard. Uh, Howard Richards talking some football. So I have one question for Kerry. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time we have. Kerry, how can anybody assess who's good in the NFL when none of the good players play? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that, well, we were talking about this earlier with war. I, the, the good players, you know they're good players because they're starters. So, you know, right. you just – if preseason is a difficult time for me. I can't really watch preseason football because it's not, as you said, it's not the, the players that you know. But every now and then you'll get a guy that stands out and shows you his ability, and those are the guys that you get excited for. I think of Victor Cruz some years ago when he was a rookie, just just how he lit up the preseason. But yeah, it, it's tough to watch this preseason football. I, I, it's I'm even tougher. No, it's much you know, tougher. I, yeah. I'm of the belief that, you know, realistically, 48 of the 53 spots are already Take yes. Yeah. So we're we're trying to figure out who can play special teams, Correct. who can be a backup long snapper, who can be another guy that you can we can throw in and seek key situations, and maybe we find a kick or a punt return along the way. Yeah. But other than that, I I think that. But the problem with that I have is because these guys don't play when the whistle blows for real. None of them are actually in football shape right. because of the lack of contact and the actual reps that they they actually need. I don't follow this game. We'll tell you, pay attention to it till the end of September. Yeah, probably I mean, the, almost almost middle of October. I agree because it, I was telling Randy and Brooke the other, a few years ago when they had four games. You knew that third preseason game was going to be the starters. They were going to play an entire half. You were going to get a glimpse of what that team would look like. Now I I don't know what they're going to look like, and it does take them a few weeks to really figure out which which direction they're going. Well, I'm glad to hear it from a trained professional because I always thought that was the case. So now I heard it from you. I'm good to go. I appreciate it. <laughs> Claims, love having you on, man. Have a great day, and we'll be tuned in tonight. All right. Hey, Kerry, when game? Uh, this Saturday at Missouri Baptist oh. versus Luther North. Well, good luck to you on that, my friend. And we have to pick a night, uh, you know, have one more run before you really get into this. Sounds like a plan. All right. Have, All right. have fun this weekend. You guys take care. Thanks, Claims. See you later. What time is that game at Mobap? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Saturday. Be a good one. Hazelwood it's Central be a Hawks. really good one. Ooh, we're that, excited. I, I, you should be excited. We had practice at 5 a.m. this morning. And the players were there and loved they were, it. They were locked in, dialed okay. in. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, pretty they were. good. Yes. <laughs> we like that. We like that a lot. Yep.